Welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review and discuss movies, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. Today, we'll be taking a look at the fourth episode in the third season of the Disney Plus original series, The Mandalorian. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, head of the East Coast Nicholas Sparks fan club, and world record holder for record number of times watching The Notebook, Emmett. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. <laughs> That's what I you say every time I hit start again. Dude, I miss the Nicholas Sparks movie craze, you know, like that period of seven years where like all of his books were being made <laughs> into movies. Still not over for some of us. That was that was a great one. It, I feel like it was tied with the young adult post-apocalyptic craze, too. Like it went hand in hand, right? Like every time I go to movies, it's like post-apocalyptic young adult movie trailer followed by a Nicholas Sparks romance. All by movie. Dear John. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Dear John was a great movie, though. <laughs> sure was, man. Yeah. Every time you look up at the moon, I'm looking at the same moon. Well, different time zone, but... No hate on yeah. Nicholas Sparks. Or the actors they get for these things. I mean, you got Zac Efron, you got Jane Tatum, Tatum, Gosling, some other handsome dudes. A handful of handsome dudes that didn't go on to do any other big credits. And then Amanda Seyfried, right? Oh, yeah. She, she was, was the one writing to John. <laughs> she was in two, wasn't she? She was in two big Nicholas Sparks movies, I think. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, 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 <laughs> I'm not nearly as knowledgeable on this subject as I appear to be, I swear. Now, now we're out of my depth. All right, man. So what? what you know what? She was I, in Mamma Mia. <laughs> was she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there, there's something some I didn't know. And Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I I do remember her from Mean Girls. She's got some good credits, man. Not anything recent, though, as long as I can recall. Okay, well, why don't you try getting one credit? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Before you pass, Jeff. All right, let's see how it goes. (laughs) I got a little bit of a packed wall this week, man, but why don't you kick us off? Because I feel like... um, Because I don't. Yeah, he wrote one thing on the notes section, so let's see I, what you got. I wrote down Lead Tasso, baby. <laughs> We're back. Season three is back. Did you get a chance to uh, watch yet? I haven't. I just caught up. I think I'm all caught up now. So this is season three, right? So I, I finished season two. And um, I'll be honest, I was very endeared with the whole Ted Lasso thing, like from episode two and on. I, I think yeah. like by that second episode, I was hooked. Sorry, did you say two and on or Q and on? Two and on, not not, not oh, QAnon. Okay. Not QAnon. Okay. We announced QAnon here. <laughs> nope, something else to get hooked on. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That, that and phonics. This is why I stay away from 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I I love this show. It's just so light, but it's like heartwarming. And you get a little bit of sports in there every once in a while. Yeah, that I think I had um the only apprehension I had to tuning into the show was like I was I'm not much of a sport, sports person, right? But like that doesn't really matter. Like the substance of the show is like beyond that. And I I think the whole mental health crisis issue that they have storyline wise for Ted, like it, it's 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 one of the best I've seen any TV show or movie handle it like. And um, yeah, I mean like it, it it's so well acted. Um, to be honest, I feel like. It might be the best show on Apple Plus that I've seen so far. At least you got to crack open Shrinking Man. 
That's what not every, shrinking man. Just shrink. ev- everyone's telling me the same thing. I got it. like ever since you mentioned it on the last. I think I think it was the last episode that we yeah uh, we're talking about it. But everybody I've talked to about it has been saying like this might be Harrison Ford's like strongest performance outside of he's like so the good. movie space. Yeah, he he's crushing it every episode. But I I don't know. That's kind of a tough category because Apple Plus also has Severance. I know people were like into the morning show. I never gave it a try, but there's there's a lot of good. Or, okay, I'll take back a lot, but there's good content on Apple Plus. <laughs> well, they're they're spending on it. I think another ten billion or something within the next two years on developing movies. So I think we're gonna see them blow up a lot more. We should write a movie. We should so let's submit our our pitch idea here behind the fourth wall, a podcast movie. <laughs> The making of <laughs> the, the least successful podcast. We'll start. <laughs> That's like, pretty interesting. Someone yeah. will watch it. Yeah, two people, I think. <laughs> Somebody in the Ukraine at least once a month. <laughs> my Ukraine. Shout out to my Ukraine brothers out there. Yes, yes. You fighting the good fight. All right, let's get to your packed wall. I, I I wrote two things on here, but I think that they're linked together. But I went to go see uh, Shazam two over the weekend, um, because AMC stubs, you know, like can you get your uh, money back? I didn't spend any money because of that AMC A list. Um, well, you should membership. try and get something back. <laughs> okay, I, I should this, get a refund on the piece. Is this where we insert you telling us that it's like the best movie? Of 2023, it's, I think it's the best movie of 2026 for sure. Okay, <laughs> no, I thought it was a good, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but again, like I have very positive feelings on the first movie, um, whereas I feel like you don't. <laughs> the thing I'll say is, like, I've been a little baffled to see because I think this one opened up at a little, I think a little under 30 million dollars, um, at the box office. Which means that this underperformed um, when it came to like comparing this one to its predecessors' uh, box office holdings, which I don't think it deserved. I think uh, it's a little bit uncalled for. It's actually a pretty good DC movie uh, and a really, really good family film. Like I'm not saying it's the best movie of all time, but like it, it definitely doesn't deserve the the hate that it's been getting uh, from both reviews and from uh, the box office totals here. But I I will bring up this i think that warner brothers as a whole because this movie's been surrounded by some controversy lately i don't know if you've seen some of those headlines but uh they really got to get their stuff together man because like at this point this movie's not being marketed all that well like i didn't even know it was coming out until like i was at the theater (laughs) trying to select the movie to kill some time and then i was like you know what i'll i guess i'm watching shazam too but I don't know. I think that they're it's almost like they're deliberately killing off the current DCEU slate, which I, I guess they kind of get because they're rebooting stuff. But then they haven't even committed to fully rebooting. So I don't know what's going on. But uh, clearly, I feel like they're doing a bit of a disservice in the way that they're marketing these movies out. Yeah, it's kind of wild that they can financially do that, that they don't care to make their profits back because they know like we don't want to get people attached to this set of actors if we're not going to bring them back later uh but i totally forgot i I knew it was coming out this year i totally forgot or didn't know when it was so shocker to me that it's already out 
Well, that, that's the thing. And, like, it's it's a good movie. Like, I'm not saying, like, it'll be... Like, if you didn't like the first movie, you're definitely not going to like this one. But, like, if you did like the first movie, this one's just as good. It's yeah, the first one I thought was okay. It's definitely better than Black Adam, which kind of leads me into the second point of on my wall here. But uh, the director of this movie, uh, David F. Sandberg, who's done, like, Annabelle, I believe it's... Uh, I'm trying to remember the other movie that... Lights Out, I think. He, he's, he was a horror director for, for the longest time. He released a series of tweets kind of responding to some of the people that were like tagging him and like, oh, like your movie underperformed and stuff. There's been like a wave of like, I guess, Zack Snyder fans that have been like, you know, like really negative on like anything that's not Zack Snyder related for the DC. So fighting the dumb fight. Yeah, basically. And he just responded to one of them and he didn't say anything like aggressive or anything. He just said like, yeah, man, like, I'm just like I knew where this was going months ago, so like no harm, no foul. But he said something where um, he said the one thing I'm looking forward to is getting out of the discourse of the comic book uh, social media scene. It's like I just don't want anything to do with that at the moment, and I'm gonna be happy to get back into horror. Which, um, again, like from a PR perspective, he's like he's basically like I don't want nothing to do with DC anymore. <laughs> I'm good. But kind of brings up the whole topic of like i feel like there's been a lot of like quote-unquote toxicity right and like the the fandoms overall for comic book stuff um yeah whether like people don't like a certain movie or something i feel like it's been like a very vocal uh thing going on the last two years which i thought it's a little sad to see um but also, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're entering a little age where maybe we, we might be seeing superhero fatigue, and that's why some of these movies are going to start to fail. But uh, it could also be that we're just, you know, this is the appropriate response for, like, lackluster slates of films. I don't know. I just found it interesting that, like, the directors are now coming out and talking about how they want nothing to do with it. And it's interesting because, like, you see Marvel and Lucasfilm lo- losing people. And not like people not wanting to get into the genre because of the fandom. It just got me thinking, like, where are we going to be in a couple of years if, if this continues this way? Yeah, I feel like it's more so like you, these studios can't just make sequels to everything. You can only make it for the stuff that really was like a home run hit for the sequel to have a chance at being interesting. Yeah, or providing some sort of, like, support for those. Like, if you're going to make a sequel, like, at least market it well. For this film, especially. Um, like I said, it's not bad. Like, I, it just... Th- there's just a lot of it that I feel like could have been done better. I feel like if they merged this with Black Adam, it probably could have made for a really great movie. Yeah. Not according to Rotten Tomatoes. The first one got, like, 90. This one got, like, a 50. So, it's half as good, Ivan. <laughs> it's half i thought it was just as good but I, again like i just don't know what's going on with this because like i i feel like i can tell a pretty bad movie from a good one but then no, like can't. we have this i guess you, you cannot <laughs> you yourself are not qualified for this you do not have that ability <sighs> well i wish i did <laughs> but with that out of the way let's uh let's jump into mando because I'm very excited to talk about this week's episode. Yeah, why don't you kick it off then? Why don't you yeah. go ahead? Why don't tell you me talk what you really about... think? <laughs> tell me what's on your mind. <laughs> I thought this episode was uh, best you know, kinda... episode ever. This is the best thing 
ever. <laughs> I can't believe they they made that those seven references to things that nobody else knows about but me. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> don't get ahead of me, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, I think this kind of brought us back in line to the more like traditional Mando feel of things. Um, I don't think it's as strong as the first two episodes of this season, but I think we're getting more seeds into what's happening down the road. Uh, this is a pretty good buildup of like where we're going to go with Grogu and also exploring Bo-Katan a little bit. I feel like we're sidelining Mando a little bit, but not really. Like I feel like this this whole season has felt like he's sharing the story now with Bo and with Grogu. Uh, whereas the last two seasons of uh, of this show have been f- particularly focused on on Din, so I for one like it. I know I've seen some discourse online with people saying like they had a lot of problems with this episode. I had some issues with the writing. We'll get into that, but uh, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't have any. I don't have too many complaints other than nitpicking some stuff that I thought didn't make any sense. But you know, again, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't as bad as last week's. So it gives us back on a good track of like where you want the season to go. But I don't know. I don't think the stakes in the fight were that high for us to care. And it, that's fine. But I'd rather them than make the stakes in like creating tension in who's going to be the leader. Like, I think that's ultimately where the season's going. And it's like, I want to see more people question Din Jaren's leadership style versus Bo-Katan's and like create this semi divide within the Mandalorians. So I don't know. We didn't really get either of them this week, which is the only thing like it kind of just felt like this was like a, we drove right past it and you you look out the window and you see it and you're already, you're already past it. I think, had they maybe combined this episode with last week's by intercutting between the two stories, yeah. it would have made a better, it would have made more sense, right? Yeah, I think that would have been a good use of time that you can cut the quote unquote boring stuff out of each of the plot lines <laughs> and make one very strong episode. Right. Cause I think like we had some really, really good uh, moments in this episode that I think were important for like, for the future, like when it comes to Bo and her relation to the covert, like that was important yeah. to see, but we didn't necessarily need to spend too much time. Like we did at, at the same time, this is the shortest episode of the series, apparently. And it felt like it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely did. Um, which I, I I didn't have too much of a complaint on it because we got enough you know little set pieces here to to hold us over but yeah it, it, I, this was the first episode that felt the time that it was so yeah and this I I will say the the benefit or the pro for this episode is that it gave us a plot line that we have been asking for for a little while and we'll get into the specifics but you know going down the Grogu path that's what we've been asking for so you don't like it or or hate it what how they chose to handle that that's up to you but um, i'm just happy they addressed it in this season and didn't keep pushing it off yeah well let's get into the spoilers um of this because i think uh it's a short episode <laughs> mace windu's back yes wait are we Plus, in the spoilers yet wait, yeah oh yeah no um you know yeah where we are <laughs> at this point <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, I think that we should probably talk about that set piece first then. Uh, yeah. Coruscant, Order 66 flashbacks. What is it about the little armor's uh, thingy? The, what do you call it? The I was going to say the furnace, but it's not <laughs> the furnace. The forge. Yeah, what is it about forge. the forge and giving people their PTSD flashbacks, right? Because we did that to Mando the first season, and now Grogu gets the same treatment here. Bo kind of had a little bit of a treatment there too in this episode. That's true. With the everyone, everyone who talks to the armor <laughs> just gets like PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> I I don't know. I guess it was like it was very mesmerizing. I think they played up that aspect of it. It was probably my favorite part of the episode to be honest, like the, the flashback to Order 66, uh, because it like delivers on not necessarily a promise, but like we saw a flashback to Grogu being in the temple in Order 66 last uh, last season with yep. Ahsoka, I think. But um, yeah, I for, so one little quick thing, and you and I were talking about this before we got on, but uh, the, the, the Jedi Master's name is uh, Kelleran Beck, according to um, our show notes and our quick Google search here, um, but played by um, motion caption actor and voice actor uh, Ahmed Best, who was probably best known for portraying Jar Jar Binks. Um, I recognized him like a few seconds in. I had my doubts about it, though, until I saw the credits and I saw his name. As soon as Ahmed Best came in, I was like, OK, great. I, I know who this is. I Honestly, I thought it was a really, really special thing to bring him back in and haven't played this role only because like knowing the track record of him and uh what happens to him after the phantom menace uh, the, the 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 actor not not the, not the character but um he talked about how like he like contemplated suicide and stuff over like the the amount of hate that he got for portraying jar jar so to see him like back in the fold and like playing a role that I think is like for one substantially better but also uh something that's not related to jar jar at all uh, I thought it was a really, really nice win for him. And it's really great that Lucasfilm got a chance to kind of bring him back and, and do something that will probably do the opposite of what the role of Jar Jar got him. Man, it's ridiculous how uh, harsh some fans can be. With It's like... Yeah. It's not like these are his choices. Like It's written for him. Play this character this way. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's not like an indie film where it's like, Give us what you got in your tank. Like it, these are Star Wars films, and they were very well scripted for how George Lucas wanted it. So that that sucks to hear that, you know, he went through that. And I do like to see that um, Favreau and and Filoni do have this, you know, sense of fandom and pride, and like bring back the the old stuff uh, in either small ways or big ways like this. They're doing like a like redemption stories here because like we got Hayden Christensen back and now we have Ahmed uh, back and and the thing the interesting note about Ahmed best is like when the when Disney took over Lucasfilm, I think one of the first projects they did was this little like kids game show thing that ultimately ended up premiering on Disney Plus, where they had Ahmed best host the show as like a, as this character that we see in a Mandalorian. So to bring him into Canon that way. Mm. I had found some like interview from a little while ago where he talked about how the one thing he would love is to get back into Star Wars, but like play a role that he thought he could be proud of and that he could like yeah really make his own. So so that's why like seeing him in here and being the one that rescues Grogu, 
it's not the Mace Windu fan theory that people were kind of, you know, like kind of harping on, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. The whole chase sequence was neat. Um, yeah. And also, there's something kind of trippy about seeing clone troopers that are not CGI generated, but are actual like actual people in armor. Uh, that and then also using, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Boba Fett's voice. Oh, Tamora Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, t- to use his voice for each clone. That was really cool to hear. Yeah. And um, one thing I did want to, you know, to bring things into the into the canon here, but um, one detail: every time we we flash back with Grogu, I'm left with more questions too, which I like. But like the little detail that the fact that they extracted him pretty quickly for the temple, it seemed like there was a group of Jedi <laughs> that were like prepared to like leave. Yeah, it just makes me wonder: like, did they know something was coming? Like. Or was Grogu that important even back then that they were like trying to protect him? That's what it seems like. But also that was a Naboo spaceship that yep. flies him out of there, and Naboo soldiers that basically sacrificed themselves to. So like, is there going to be a consequence to Naboo? Is that why we don't see Naboo in the original trilogy? Like, mm. it just gets me speculating here, and I I, I love this, but um, I I hope yeah. we get to see more of this later. Yeah, I think. This satisfied the like thirst I had for for this plot line. I think I do agree that I would love to see them continue telling like bits and pieces here and there, because um, it does seem like Grogu's getting a major evolution this season, where he's he's getting closer to like talking, and they're like addressing the fact that he doesn't speak yet, but then he tries to say like this is the way, and and you know he's got these little like cute moments like that, but. Uh, I would love to see his character get a little bit more evolution every episode like this. So it would be cool to see a little bit more flashbacks, but I think just seeing how he got out is really like the major question that I was like hung up on. He was on that pram for several years, it looks like, because that's the same pram that they find him in in the first season. Is that the little like pod? Yeah, but yeah, it's like all living in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But also, like, the first word or the first, like, line that's said to him by this Jedi Master as he exits the the uh, the elevator with a dead Jedi, by the way, which is a little kind of gory yeah. to think about, but um, is, like, don't worry, kid. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay, which is, like, up until he learned his name, that's all Mando was calling him, his kid, right? Mm, so, yeah, a little bit of a connection there, but, I, you know, Probably nothing, but I thought it was pretty neat that maybe that that kind of explains why he was so attached to Mando afterwards. Yeah, and even even as a quote-unquote kid, he's still older than everyone who calls him kid. Yeah. Which is like the funny uh, balance there, I guess. Yeah, but it was, it was neat to see it. Um, I always like seeing Coruscant uh, and, and all the Order 66 flashback stuff I'm always a big fan of. Uh, so that was great. It was, it, again, probably my favorite bit of the episode. But but um, yeah, I think this does like this could have been a good Coruscant episode. If you know what, what you what you talking about before, like this yeah. is another line to connect it to where it's like this could have just been one thing going on in Coruscant. Like Mando brings him back there for some reason. And the flashbacks hit. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I think that that's the thing. This this show has always suffered from this, though. Like, I feel like it hasn't been able to like find the right amount of balance here. And like, really, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, because this is like what without credit is maybe 22 episodes, sorry, 22 minutes long. You could have easily cut this to last week's episode. Yeah, and this could have been brought down to like 15 or so minutes, and then take that easily out of the previous episode. Yeah. Um, the other thing, while we're on this topic of Grogu, that I guess the other significant thing that happens with him in this episode is the fight between, or the the, the duel between him and the um, the paintball war. Yeah, the little paintball war with the other Mando kid, which apparently yeah. is named Ragnar. Uh, I don't know if I missed that before, but that's his name. I don't know. Let's get rid of Ragnar. <laughs> but let's swap out Grogu's paintball pellets with actual whistling birds. <laughs> let's make it deadly. This kid um, shouldn't be speaking unless he understands. <laughs> well, that, that that is part of the creed, after all. What a great insult! Uh, shut shut it! You don't understand. <laughs> I'm gonna use that from now on. Whenever I'm like doing Fortnite fills, <laughs> do not speak unless you understand. <laughs> one does not speak unless one understands. <laughs> so, I love that whole like little interaction. My only nitpick at it is that. You know, we have the limitations of Grogu being a puppet, and I know the last two episodes I've said we've gotten more advanced with the with the puppet, but we see the limitations when we see him hopping from one end to the other because he looks so stiff jumping. Yeah, but honestly, even with all CGI, Yoda didn't look great doing that move. It's just because it's something so small doing something so athletic that you're like, my brain isn't capable of being tricked into believing that. That's true. I feel like unless we get like super, super advanced puppetry, it's always going to look a little clunky and awkward. Well, I think it's more of like the size of this species because they did Yoda with like all CGI in the prequels. And when he fights Count Dooku, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I guess it's like a human thing then. Yeah, like your eyes don't want to believe it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, though. I feel like we if they want to go this route. And this this is going to sound really ridiculous, but like if it was me in the writing table, I'd find a way to make like a mech suit for for Grogu if he wants if the intention is to wield a lightsaber just so that it doesn't look too bad, you know? Yeah, I don't love this path for Grogu, forcing him into the um the idea of becoming a foundling and becoming, you know, a full-fledged Mandalorian living by the uh the Watch's creed. It just doesn't fit. So walk me through that real quick, because I I, I feel like I, I half agree with that, but I kind of want to, like, why do you think it doesn't fit the character? All right, so marketing-wise, it doesn't fit. You don't put Grogu in a Mandalorian helmet. It'll be adorable, but you can't hide cheekbones like that. <laughs> Agreed. More, more, more seriously, it's such a, like dishonor to the jedi like it's such a diss that like he should resort to using guns while using force abilities of like jumping around the only way this could be like a redeeming arc is if he wins the dark saber from mando and wields that as like oh the first uh, mandalorian jedi to use the dark saber since the person who founded it but that's so like that's so far away for it to possibly be a thing that I don't know. I just don't see 
first of all, the watch's creed is like way too strict. I'm with Bo on this one. <laughs> like, take your helmet yeah. off if you want. <laughs> Which is also like, okay, like I didn't spend too much time on it, but like, as, as as like a former Boy Scout, <laughs> the whole purpose of a fireplace, uh, I mean, of, of like you know, setting a fire, a little campfire, is to to ward off any other potential dangers. So going off away from it to take your helmet off and eat seems like the complete like opposite of what you should do <laughs> in that type of situation. Was um, I the only one who thought they were like pranking her? Like you stay by the fire and take <laughs> your so helmet too. off. And then they go, caught you. We see your face. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought that, especially because it was Paz that told her like, Oh no, you yeah, get yeah. to stay. No, you stay here and eat. We're all over there. <laughs> we got her, guys. <laughs> I caught her. <laughs> they all got portable recording devices, too, on those little right? of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the Grogu becoming a Mandalorian path, like you, you said, you see it sort of both sides. So I don't, like, I feel like we're led to believe that that's the route that they're going to take him. And then there's some people that are saying like, oh, like the title of the Mandalorian is actually referring to Grogu, not then. <clears throat> I don't buy into that because of what you just said. I feel like from a marketing perspective, it doesn't make sense to cover his face. Also, I don't think we, I think especially like this, this is like Dave Filoni we're talking about that's like co-writing the show. And I have to go back and look at his other character like Ahsoka, right? Where she's she was a Jedi, then like forsakes the order leaves technically isn't a jedi and is following her own path hence the whole like visual of white lightsabers over the choice of blue or green i feel like grogu's meant to follow a path like that down the line and i think that right now um because there's some there's a line and that when i was re-watching book of boba fett where uh, luke tells grogu that a few a few years of his life are a lifetime for other people and that's what he says when he's like talking about like do you want to stay or go with your your friend i think the intention of grogu is to spend as much time as he can with mando knowing full well that after this he's not going to be able to so i think ultimately we're led to believe that he's going to become a full-fledged mando i don't think that's going to happen i think he's at some point they're going to they're going to part ways and we're going to see something because I feel like the Grogu character himself is is a character that I think and this is just me speculating, but like from a marketing perspective and also from like a story perspective, it makes sense to have him extend into the era of the sequel trilogy. If we're going to keep exploring that side of things, you know, like it just makes sense. So I don't see him being that I, I see him being like the second slash Mando Jedi that we get. Right. So maybe he wields his own type of lightsaber down the line um not pushing it here but like again a mech suit would look would work really well <laughs> um it, it feels like you're pushing that i'm pushing listen it just would look better okay <laughs> like if he's gonna wield a lightsaber i feel like a mech suit would work better for this instead of trying to like because his hands are so tiny like you can, they can't wield even yoda's saber at this point what if he um what if he doesn't make it oh like he gets killed off in the show yeah i don't see that happening they should though <laughs> i see i see din dying before the end of the show and like that being a catalyst for whatever grogu does next no i see it like 
him in Last of Us dying and then, oh. <laughs> like and then Grogu pulling a ray, giving her last little Oof. bit of light force. Spoilers for Last of Us season two. <laughs> and, and for uh Last Skywalker. Yeah. Or Rise of Skywalker, whatever it right. was called. Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, I don't like that because that was also the same initials as Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god, yeah. Have you not noticed that? No. It's so annoying whenever anyone abbreviates it because I have no idea which one they're talking about. Wait, no. One is R-O-T-S. The other one's R-O-S. Rise of the Sky. There's no the in the Rise of Skywalker. It's close, though. I thought you just said the Skywalker. No, that, that, no because you said like it's it's the same as Revenge of the Sith. I was like, oh, it would have to be Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, it's the Rise of Skywalker. So it's T Ross instead of Rots. <laughs> instead of Rots. <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah. I get it now. I'm with it. I'm sorry. I can't pay attention to the sequel trilogy that closely. I only have so much brain power. It's not meant for that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I, I, I think um, I think Grogu has like a much bigger lifespan than than this series, and I, nah, I don't think kill him off. <laughs> Be done with him. All the younglings. People need to learn how to cope. <laughs> I think and if anybody, if anybody, it's Din that's getting knocked out be here. Kylo that kills Grogu. Oh. Finish off Anakin's missed, like quest. Dude, that little Mando kid would have made an excellent young Kylo. He looks just like a oh, young Adam Driver. Yeah. yeah, he looks like the evil guy from uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Take the Dwal, and we see the championship. <laughs> let's let's talk about um I, I have it broken up by character but i think we could just kind of forego that a little bit i i, I want to talk about the mandalorians in particular because <laughs> here's my one gripe with this episode some of this writing is a bit lackluster um in like portraying some of the mandos because to me they this episode in particular it opens up with a shot of them firing into the little lake into i guess water. <laughs> Yeah. That they were just attacked from a couple yeah. episodes ago. <laughs> I was like, is that... Are they... I guess I get that they're trying to show that they're training, right? But why not show that they're hit, trying to hit something? Hit targets. Yeah. yeah. Boom, I hit the water. Did you see that one? Great <laughs> shot. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> we have unlimited bullets. That, like, bothered me a bit because I thought, yeah. like, it looked like... Oh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm all for, like, building a training camp. And having a training montage like Rocky, that's cool. But at least make it look like it was like they have to fly their jet jetpacks to the top of this peak and then hit a target that's down the hill. Like give them a complicated yeah. scenario. And the one that made sense to me were the hand to hand combat sessions that are going on there. Yeah. Okay, like I, I I get that that makes sense. But the firing just it looked way too silly to me, and like it yeah. kind of broke me out of the experience for a bit. Um, the whole darts with the training like that's fine that doesn't didn't bother me but um that you know that whole little sequence kind of did and then when the youngling when ragnar which is revealed to be paz's son later in the episode um gets taken and then they all fly at the chasing this thing and then all of them one by one lose fuel in the jetpack okay cool then you see Bo. Who will probably and again showing her like competence as a leader, flying yeah. her ship to follow this thing, 
because I guess she knows fully well that that thing's going to outfly the gas, I guess, they have in their tanks. Yeah. But <laughs> to, to to add, I think um, I think a bit more absurdity to this, that whole, like, raiding party waits a full 24 hours. <laughs> as long as we don't attack it, it won't kill the kid. Uh, I don't think that's the only criteria, guys. <laughs> also, the bird makes it to the nest by the time they get there at night, right? What bird takes food to their kid and doesn't immediately feed their kids? Like she needs to she needs to warm it up with her stomach acid. <laughs> right? And then regurgitates it out. Um that coupled with the, the, the lines from Paz where he's like, it always gets away. And I'm like, wait, this has happened multiple times. <laughs> like, okay. Like so it's happened multiple times. You guys have given chase, it always gets away, and yet Nobody thinks to maybe pick up a spaceship somewhere because I'm sure they got to this planet somehow, right? Like unless they all use public transportation, which look, which would look very funny, but also like impractical. I don't know. Some of there were logic gaps here that just kind of bothered me a bit more than I thought this kind of thing would. Do you know what creature this was? The pterodactyl-looking thing? No. Yeah, it's not a Gundark, right? No, the Gundarks are like the multi, uh, multi-armed looking, gorilla looking creatures from Clone Wars, I think. Okay. Because I, I, I thought it was going to be like a callback to that line where it's like, I haven't seen you this stressed since we fell into that nest of Gundarks. Oh, <laughs> no. Which would have been like a fun thing to play with. But Yeah. Okay. Or an Ackley or some, some creature that we've seen before, but... But yeah, these Mandos are just putting themselves in danger and just not reacting the way I thought they would, right? Yeah, these are like poorly trained ones, which is funny because it's like Din came from this same school of learning how to become a Mandalorian. None of them seem that special. Yeah, to be honest with you, like maybe it's because he went out and like became a bounty hunter and all that, like but. I don't, I don't know. I, I want to see who trained him because clearly somebody did a good job with someone there. What do you think about him being so high pressure? Like we talked about Grogu's path becoming a Mandalorian. Whether that will happen or won't happen remains to, to be seen. But like, what do you think about Mando's pressure to push him towards this path? Like put him in the fighting ring when Grogu was like just perfectly content meditating on the beach. It looked like he was moving the stones, which was like pretty funny when they turned out to be just crabs like crawling around. But um, what do you what do you think about like their relationship and what that's becoming? I think it's solidifying itself as a father son thing, right? Like yeah. I think that's the evolution that it's taking. Whereas I feel like he was more hesitant to act as a father figure in the last two seasons. Yeah. Uh, so it's evolving, and I think that that's cool. Um, I also feel like they're setting it up that way so that we they can like tug at our heartstrings down the line with some tragedy or something. Like I feel like that's what's coming down the pipeline. Not immediately, but like I think it will. Yeah, and it, it's interesting like Bo's relationship into this as well. She's almost like assuming this like friend role or like the mom who's like just do your best out there kind of thing. Like it's interesting to see how these three are interacting with each other now. 
it's a little flirtatious to the the like back and forth she has with within a, a little bit i feel like they're kind of flirting on the end of like some sort of friendship or relationship forming there that i'm not quite sure where we're heading with it i don't quite see that not every man and woman have to be in a relationship okay, yes, they yes they do yes they do in star wars yes because there's so few women you have to have Listen. you have to mate up the first one you see Listen, my fan fiction stories need to come true. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about Bo, though? Bo Katan. She's drinking she the Kool Aid right now. Yeah, she gets to lead a mission. She's like totally abiding by this keep the helmet on thing. Uh, I think the the best part of this episode, though, was like her interaction with the armor and just completely getting like brushed aside whenever she's like trying to. No, I, I swear I saw one. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure. In, in a dream or something like that. No, I'm telling you, it was real life. Yeah, no, in a vision. Okay, whatever you want to call it. Well, I think it kind of made sense because that's like the equivalent of telling somebody you saw a T-Rex today. Like, it's, it's been extinct for such a long time that you're like, yeah, you might have seen something else. Like, it's kind of impossible for that thing to, to be alive. I didn't see a T-Rex. I saw a uh, Minotaur. Oh, you mean... yeah. You mean uh, Jonathan, the the Minotaur from the woods over in Bay Creek? Yeah, I've seen one. him too. Yeah, I saw Mister Tumnus too. <laughs> Mister Tumnus. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was like what we were talking about last week. Like, why didn't she bring it up? Like, maybe she didn't expect them to react this harshly, which is why she. Or maybe she did. I don't know. But she chose to open up to just one person at a time. I think she's um, she kind of is like pathless at the moment, right? Like it feels like she gave leadership a try that didn't go her way. So she's just trying to see what following feels like for a bit. But the Mythosaur thing, her losing her pauldron and now getting a new piece and like putting the Mythosaur on it this time, I feel like is is like the indication that she's like a full fledged believer in that right like that aspect of the whole thing i don't think she's buying fully into the whole cult thing yet but uh, you know who knows i mean like it hasn't gone good for her in in trying to be a leader in the past so i don't know what her motives are here i still believe that she's like her each of her actions is calculated towards how do i become the leader again and it's let me just agreed she is going to follow for a bit just to gain, you know, trust and, you know, visibility into this creed or into the sect that she knows, she understands like where they're coming from and respects it and is fit to lead them. I mean, you see, you see Paz come around a little bit after the mission and like throughout the mission as well. Yeah, he. I think this is uh, kind of demonstrating, like giving some FaceTime with her and, and the covert. But I, you're right. I feel like a lot of the actions that she took in this episode too, like kind of cement her as a potential would-be leader for the for the, you know, for 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 the long term here. Yeah, I think Paz did also lighten up on Din Jaren as well, which is interesting to see because it's like, I think he's going to be the swing vote for who do we follow. Yeah, he's. I think he he's gonna be an important character to keep in um to keep watch of. Did you notice that in the credits they uh they changed the voice actor for him? It's not John Favreau anymore, apparently. 
Oh, really? I think it's the suit actor, like the guy who's actually wearing the suit now that's voicing him, which I didn't catch because I, I could have sworn this whole season he still sounds like Johnny Favs to me. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't seem like uh, like they changed the voice all that much. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't notice it. He doesn't get a ton of lines, which is so difficult. And then they also like modify the voices a little bit under the helmets. It, it works for the advantage of this though, because like the the suit actor for for Paz is like I think if if I'm not mistaken, he's like one of those like strongman type stunt actors from Hollywood, mm. which they always play to the strengths. That's why I've liked about this series, because like even Gina Carano, right, like coming from a um, MMA standpoint, and all that, not you know, not doesn't have like the gravitas of like a typical Hollywood actress, but they play to the strengths. And the same thing here, like I feel like they they put people in like the right roles. Uh, but clearly, I think if we're transitioning away from having it be John Favreau, I think at some point we're going to see him without that helmet, and it's going to lead to some sort of like confrontation or something. Because I feel like he's he is a character to watch for. Uh, they've been growing him out steadily, uh, which you know gives me I feel like hope that we see some sort of like big push for what's going to happen for the fate of Mandalore, uh, and I, I think he's going to play a key role to to decide what's what's going to happen down the line. Yeah, I think we're getting into the prediction bit. Unless there's anything else you want to chat on about the episode. Uh no, let let's let's get into predictions. Yeah, it's another one where it kind of ends without direction and I kind of like I kind of prefer these. Right? Like Yeah, me too. It's designing his own missions and it's also like the next episode might not even have to feature Din. It's becoming more of an ensemble a little bit this season. And I see that it's bothering some people online. But like to me, I feel like this is the strongest season we've had so far. Like I'm not saying it's like the most the best freaking thing ever, but like I, I do think that they're managing the time a little bit better. I feel like they're finding their footing here. And and like to me, it's like I, I like Din as a character. I still think he's the highlight of the show. Uh, but they're we're like really lore building here, which I think is what I really turn to with something like Star Wars. Whereas like other other movies, other franchises, I think uh, treat the characters a little bit differently. So I I do like what we're seeing this season so far, personally. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm just surprised that like we're moving this slowly. On like we know there's plot points we have to get to. And I think we talked about it at extent of like how it could have emerged with other ones, but looking ahead at the schedule, this was the one that I was looking at and I was like, Oh, Carl Weathers is directing it. It's probably the one that he's in, but it wasn't, it has nothing to do with him. It's just him picking up another episode. So I'm very surprised we haven't gone back to um, Navarro yet. I think that's next week, to be honest. Yeah. I Keep think it's that every week. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that every week until it happens and I'm right. <laughs> I told you, dude, I told you. <laughs> no, but I think that's like the only thing that has to be done. The rest are these plot points that like they can just explore however they want. Um, I think there has to be, there's like two things I think really have to happen this season is the redemption of Navarro because these pirates are going to be holding it hostage probably. And then I think this you know, decision of who gets to keep the dark saber. Either Bo and Din have a duel for it, 
because there's a this discourse for leadership or Bo, like we kind of are seeing this episode, she's maybe I'm I'm just a follower and I don't have to, you know, be this leadership role that I've always been told I have to be. And then she, you know, fully commits to him and say, let me help you wrangle in the other Mandalorians and we'll take back our planet. Or, 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 hear me out. Or here. their helmets intimately touch at the end of the season oh, and they share. Sparks fly. Yeah, sparks fly. Best car sparks. And um, they <laughs> both tame the mythosaur and live happily ever after. Is that a euphemism? Uh, yes, yes. It, everybody needs to tame the mythosaur within, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly have zero predictions as to what's happening here. I, I do think um I, I do think you're right. We need some follow-up uh, on Navarro. I think the pirates are gonna come back into play. I think we're going to see the return of Moff Gideon at some point. Um I don't think you just drop that hint that like, oh Moff Gideon, I heard Moff Gideon got away, and then you don't deliver on it this season. I feel like that's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And whatever they're gonna do with the Disney Plus stuff, I I feel like we're going to get a seed of what's happening. Or even lead into the Ahsoka series by the end of this season, to some in some small degree. I don't think it's going to be like a big focus on it. Yeah, we need to tie up that where the Tie interceptors came from, that destroyed Bo-Katan's palace. So that that definitely needs to get addressed as well. Um, which could be like you were saying last episode. It it could just be the hint at Thrawn. I think we are going to see Thrawn this season. To be honest, that'd be cool. Either that or we get something that confirms that Thrawn's been pulling the strings here. Because, like, for one, if they do that, they're, like, three steps ahead of Marvel now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, like, tying their, their stuff together. But um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's happening, though. Like, I don't think they're going to spend too much time, like, not building this thread through. There's way too many Disney Plus stuff coming down the pipe that I think that between what's it's this show... It's another season of Book of Boba Fett, apparently. It's uh, Ahsoka, and now we got the Skeleton Crew thing with Jude Law, which the more I hear about that show, the more I'm very, very interested in what they're about to do with that. But all of those shows take place in the same time frame. So, you know, we're, we're connecting pieces together. I, I hope they do something that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think these guys have nailed it with, how to tie the entire collection together like Bo- book of boba fett was teased with within mando season two mando makes reappearances in book of boba fett to tease in like season three ahsoka was in season two as well it's like they they have interweaved these things so well that i feel like thrawn is an obvious candidate to bring in um or at least to bring in ahsoka into this and have us, you know, be excited for her series coming up. And the cloning stuff. But by the way, and like, and like a little bit of a side thing, but like the if you're not watching Bad Batch, I, I know you said we we're gonna wait to catch up on it. It's been getting really good since Mando started airing. For some reason, I feel like they saved the best episodes for now. Um, I think it's neck and neck with this series in terms of like what I've been enjoying, which is surprising to me because before the, before Mando aired, I was telling you how unimpressed I was. Uh, but I think between all of these projects, they're they're like weaving in little plot points that I think what they're doing is trying to justify the sequel trilogy a bit 
and also weaving in whatever they're going to do with with Thrawn, uh, because there's elements of it popping up on both series right now, and it's really fun to see week over week. Um, but yeah, like the, I think that's the element of Star Wars that I think um, it's been doing well for like the longest time before this whole like Marvel era of things. But the lore building is so like key here, and it makes me feel like I'm not wasting my time watching some of these shows, you know, like. I feel like I'm invested in it and I'm getting something out of it, which which I hope continues because that you know ultimately that's the experience I've had with Star Wars. It's this thing I, I expect. And as long as it continues, you know, I'm I'll keep uh keep watching. I'm right there with you. All right, why don't we get out of here, man? Let's let's hit the road before we dig a bigger hole. I like digging bigger holes. Yeah, if, <laughs> if there's a sarlacc at the bottom of it, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I used to dig holes for wells, okay? So Okay. Yeah. I didn't knock that. Let's go get a well. <laughs> Let's get out of here. We'll, we'll As leave always. the leave the audience here with our long Mando theme here. Yeah, Only for a few enjoy more weeks. It. <laughs> Later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>